0: alive. When fear is so heavy and burdens weigh on your mind. You are weak in the knees and no strength can you find. Just hold on helps rise. to the test. And I have watched as the storms flew in with thunder, but in each trial he knows what's best. I am so
1: 1 Corinthians 12. And as we get into this sermon and as we get into these verses, I want to remind you last week we talked about the church and how the Lord adds into His church and the function of the church and how we are together. And we want to continue on with that and see how God uses His church and how we are to function as a local New Testament church. I'm glad that the Lord still uses His church. He's mighty enough that He doesn't need me as much as I think He does sometimes. His power is big enough that He could shine out His glory without us, but I'm glad that He allows us to serve in His church, allows us to uh, be used for His honor and glory. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, All the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If you would look over in verse 24. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, i struggle with that word, But that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ. Now notice this. And members in particular. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Open our hearts to it. I pray that souls would be saved. I pray, Lord, that you would stir our hearts today. I pray that we would have revival. Lord, I pray that you would restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Give me the help that I need from heaven to preach this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on this uh, text this morning of how God uses his church. Our text this morning reveals that a church is a functioning body of baptized believers. We talked Last week about what a church is A church is simply Individual believers who have Assembled themselves together For the sole purpose of carrying out The Great Commission Understand that it is a privilege To be a part of the Lord's church It's a privilege to be a part Of a local New Testament church Understand that it's a privilege In this world That the church is still here For the honor and glory of the Lord But may I tell you where the power of the church is, may I tell you where our effect is today? And it is when the church becomes the functioning body that Christ has desired for us to be. Let me, let me put it this way so you know what where I'm coming from. God cannot use us if we just sit on the pew. The church is not being the church if we keep the church inside of the four walls. May I tell you, this world needs the power that the church has right here. The world will never see it if we never carried out these four walls. May I tell you, sitting on the pew is not doing your job as a church member. You say, preacher, I come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I sit on the pew. If that's all you're doing, you're not functioning as Christ has desired for you to function. And he uses the church body as the human body. And he draws this picture here. And he says the church body is just like the human body when all of the parts of that body is working together. May I tell you that we're not together if we're not working. We're not doing anything if we're not working and functioning as a local New Testament church. May I say the Sunday that we voted to start the church down in Sterlington, There were two churches the month before in the state of Louisiana that voted to shut down. There are churches all over the place shutting the doors because I believe the church has lost focus of our function. Our job here is not to come and, and worship rituals or traditions and not to open the door for new stuff because we're so stuck in the old past that we cannot move forward for Christ. May I tell you that religion is not why we're here. We're here because... Because of Jesus. And may I tell you that our rituals and our traditions and all of these things has shut the doors of many churches because they were so stuck in religion that they forgot their function as the church. If we come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we pack this house out, praise God. But if we're not doing anything more than that, then we're not doing our job as a church. We're not doing our job. We must Be a functioning body. We must take an active role within the functioning body. One man said the concept of an inactive church member is an oxymoron. I like that. May I tell you that a church is a living organism. A church is somebody that's moving. A church is somebody that's alive. A church is somebody that's active. A group of people that are active together. And this man said the concept of an inactive church member is an oxymoron. Biblically, no such church member really exists. If you're not active, you're not really a member. Well, preacher, my name has been on the roll for 40 years. Who cares? Is your name on the roll in heaven? Huh. What have you been doing to function as the local New Testament church? May I tell you, that's where our power is at today. That's when souls begin to get saved, is when we begin to function. So, what do we do? to function as a local New Testament church. Number one, we evangelize the lost world. I want you to look in Acts chapter 8 with me. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Acts chapter 8. In verse 1 there it said that Saul was consenting unto his death and at that time there was great persecution against the church which is at Jerusalem. The the body of believers there in Jerusalem were gathered together. Persecution had driven them out from Jerusalem. And they are fixing to leave Jerusalem and they're fixing to do something that's mighty and that's powerful. And to me, this is one of the most important jobs we have as being a member of a New Testament church. Notice verse 4. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed and there was great joy in that city. Understand this church was scattered abroad and as they were beginning to scatter they began to spread their message. Understand the greatest function that we have as the Lord's New Testament church is that we are to spread the message to this lost and dying world. The greatest function of the church is that we must be an evangelistic church. We must be willing to carry the gospel to anybody who needs it. And the last time that I checked, the whole world needs to hear the gospel message. Understand that if we're not individually evangelizing, we're not doing our job as a Christian. It's not just the preacher's job, it's not just Brother Trey's job, but it's all of our job as a member of the body of Christ that we go forth and we evangelize to everybody that we find. And they went out and they began to spread the message, child of God church member are you spreading the message are you evangelizing are you getting the word of god out man you ought to go out and you ought to invite people to church but more than that you ought to go out and tell people about jesus christ the reality of it is i can go to a man and i can say would you come to church sunday but the end of the day miss v i don't know if he's going to be alive sunday The the whole purpose of the church is to reach out and to spread our message. And notice what the Bible said there. That he began to preach unto them Christ. Our message is not a message of jokes. Our message is not a message of worldliness. May I tell you, we don't need to look like the world. We don't need to sound like the world. And when it's time for preaching, my dad always told me, Son, if you're going to preach, you preach. If you're going to tell jokes, go be a comedian. Hey, we got a message to share. And if we're going to share the message, we're going to have to share the true message of Jesus Christ. That is the message that we must be getting out. It's not just my job. It's not just the deacon's job. But it's all of our jobs today. To evangelize everyone that we come in contact with. Preacher, I just can't do it. I just get nervous. Y'all ever been there? I, I have. I'll raise my hand. I'll be honest with you. It it makes me nervous sometimes, especially when I first started evangelizing. It would make me nervous. Isn't it amazing that you can utter any name, and it doesn't doesn't matter? But when you go talking about Jesus, there's a nervousness that comes within your heart and soul. And shame on us for having that. Amen? And that's nothing but the devil doing that. And if you've been saved 40 years or 20 years, your main job is to evangelize, to get the gospel message out. And if we're doing our job as the local New Testament church, then guess what? Things are going to happen. And people are going to be saved. Man, look at all these miracles that took place. People were affected when the church began to evangelize. Man, people were healed. People were saved. Lives were changed when the church met their greatest function. When they got out the doors and they went and evangelized their community. They went and they brought Christ to the world. Well, if they come in here... We'll give them Jesus. They don't want to come in here. We don't need to wait for them to come to us. We need to go to them. And a lot of people's lives were changed that that day and, and that time because the church was evangelizing. You listen to me. The Word of God will not return unto him void. May I tell you that you may witness for a year. You may witness for two years. And you may think sometimes, well, nothing good is coming from it. God is going to bless the seeds that you plant. He's going to bless the seeds that you water. May I tell you, we have dry times here at Promised Land. We went through the spring and the early summertime. And every time I got here, I'm just going to be blunt and honest, I thought I was at a funeral service. Man, we didn't have souls saved. We didn't have anything going on. And it just hurt my feelings. I'll be honest. But you know what you do when you get to those times? You just keep spreading that message. You just keep preaching Jesus. And every time you kept working and I kept working and we never quit on the job. And God has blessed it. Amen? And I've learned that when you're down and you're low and things are going wrong, you go find somebody and tell them about Jesus. And I promise you that God is going to bless. And you know what happened? It changed the vibe of the whole town. There was great joy in that city. May I tell you, we don't live in a nation full of joy. We don't live in a nation that's full of of joy and happiness. We live in a nation full of heartache right now. This nation is broken down in half. And may I tell you that if our nation is ever going to get back rejoicing, the church is going to have to evangelize. They're going to have to get out there and spread the word that Jesus is still on His throne. May I tell you, our president needs to be reminded, He's not high and mighty. Jesus is high and mighty. May I tell you that if we're going to get back to revival in this country and nation, we are going to have to spread the message. We're going to have to get it out that Jesus still saves. Amen. He's still on His throne. He's still alive. And they need to know it. They need to hear it. If there's going to be joy in our nation again, it will begin with the church being evangelistic. Getting out the doors. I was raised that you don't go to the world. The world comes here. And there's a lot of doors that have been shut with that kind of mentality. Well, we can't reach out and get them. We can't reach out. They may get us out of our comfort zone. I'm glad somebody reached out to me. Hello? I'm glad somebody reached out to you. We've got to reach out to this lost and dying world. This world is lost and they're dying and they're going to hell. And somebody must care. And if anybody cares, it ought to be Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. Amen? If anybody does anything about souls dying and going to hell here in Ashley County, it ought to be Promised Land. Amen? Y'all try that again. Amen? If anybody cares where souls are going when they leave this whole earth, it ought to be us. It ought to rip our souls out to know that our family and friends do not have Christ. Evangelize. Evangelize. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. We must evangelize the lost world. Number two. We are to be a praying force in a hurting world. Acts 12, in verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out, and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Here is this man that is in prison for preaching, and when this man was in the worst time of his life, the local New Testament church was gathered together doing what a church ought to do, and that's pray. Our greatest function, I believe, is spreading the message. And number two, I believe it's praying. The world can't pray. They don't know Jesus. They can talk all day and He will never hear their prayers until they pray that first prayer of repentance and salvation. Amen? Even David said there was a time that he did not hear me because he regarded iniquity in his heart. May I tell you, this world can't pray for themselves. They need somebody To touch Jesus for them. They need somebody to go on their behalf. And while this man was in prison, the church was praying. The world didn't care, but the church cared. Sometimes we're not praying because we're not caring. The church of Jesus Christ ought to care about this lost and dying world. We ought to care about when one of our friends is dying, one of our community members is going down, when somebody's battling cancer. If anybody cares, it ought to be the church. We ought to care. We ought to care what people are going through. Child of God... I don't care should not be in your vocabulary. We ought to care what everybody's going through. And when nobody else cared that Peter was in prison, by George the church cared. And they cared enough to fall on their face and go to Jesus on his behalf. And they asked Jesus to set him free from prison. May I tell you there was a time in my life that I wasn't seeking God and I wasn't serving God and I wasn't doing right. But even when I wouldn't talk to God, I had a mama that would would talk to God. When I wouldn't talk to God, I had women in Hyde Park Church that would talk to God on my behalf. And they went time after time after time, day after day. Oh, God, get a hold of Josh. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, just get a hold of him. Oh, I pray he would repent of his sin. Oh, I pray he'd get right. May I tell you, I'm where I am today because of a praying church. Because the church of Jesus Christ, when they fall on their face and they seek, The the will of God in the name of Jesus, things are going to take place and things are going to happen. May I tell you that I still believe in the power of prayer. About six of you agree with me. I still believe in the power of prayer. Church, if we're not praying, we're not functioning. Prayer is our source. It is our communication line to Jesus Christ. And if we're not communicating with our CEO, if we're not communicating with our head, may I tell you, we're going to have issues and we're going to have problems. But this church reached out and they interceded on the behalf of Peter. Your lost family member doesn't know what prayer is, but they need you to pray for them. They don't know that, but you do and I do. They will never pray, Lord, teach me how to be saved. Lord, save my soul. Hey, it starts when people start praying for them. We need to pray on other people's behalf that souls would be saved. I went to Wells, Texas. A woman came to me and said, Brother Josh, my husband has been coming here for 20, 30 years. He's been sitting there and he's lost and he's dying and he's going to hell and he don't care. He don't want you witnessing to him. He don't want you preaching to him. And I said, okay. And the last several pastors had run him off. I went and seen him one day. I said, would you come? He said, yeah, I'll come. So he came one day after about a month. I said Philip I've got to tell you about Jesus I know you're one of them preachers So I told him about Jesus He came every time the doors were open and I'm going to tell you something What he didn't realize is there was a whole bunch of people That was down on their face every time they prayed That they mentioned the name Philip do. And there was a day that I was coming home from Minden, Louisiana, and Philip called me. He was in tears, and he said, Preacher, I'm fixing to have a triple bypass surgery in the morning. I said, Philip, I'm on my way, and I'm coming to your house, and you're going to be saved today. He he said, no, preacher, no. I said, I'm coming to your house. Give me three hours. I'll be there. And I went to his house and he was tears running down everywhere. And Philip got saved before I could even get there. He didn't need me. All he needed was Jesus. But I want you to know that the reason that that man got saved is there were people dedicated to his soul and they prayed time and time again, God save him. God don't let him go. Work on him. Convict him. He would sit there in that church service and he would cry and cry and cry. And what he didn't know is because there were some women and some men in that church that the Holy Spirit would get a hold of them and that they were praying that God would convict him and that he would be saved. And that man got saved. Because people were praying for Him. Are you praying for anybody, church? We need to be praying. We need to be evangelizing and we need to be praying. Notice Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and we're going to be done. Matthew chapter 5, number 3. Our function is to give light to a dark world. Matthew 5 and verse 14. We need to bring Him glory. When we are functioning the way that Christ intended us to function, we will be giving glory to Him. And the world will see Jesus through us. May I say that God has always had somebody given Him glory in this whole world when He created the angels. If you remember, Lucifer was created as the most beautiful angel. Lucifer gave God glory in the physical realm God's always had somebody giving him glory in the physical realm Lucifer denied the Lord He was cast out of heaven He said, okay, Lucifer denied me I'll create Adam and Eve And I'll create man And I'm going to create them for the purpose of giving me honor and glory And when Adam and Eve turned their backs against God in the garden of Eden God said, I'm not done I want to use somebody to give me honor and glory. I'll create a nation. I'll call a man out of the earth, of the Chaldees. And I'll raise up a nation by the nation of Israel. And that nation will give me honor and will give me glory. And may I tell you, that nation rejected the Lord. That nation turned their back against God. And He said, I'm not done. Because I want to, I want to be seen in this whole world. So I'm going to create the New Testament church. And I'm going to create it as my son, as the CEO. And he said, I'm going to create the institution of the church for the sole purpose of bringing me honor and glory. If the world sees Jesus through anybody, it's going to be the church. And may I tell you, when the church is called out, he's still going to have a witness from the two witnesses that will be here during tribulation. Every age, every area, had some kind of people there giving God honor and giving God glory. May I tell you, our purpose." here today is to bring honor and glory to Jesus Ephesians 3 21 unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end may I tell you that God ought to be getting glory from us the world ought to see Jesus from us look at the text here in Matthew chapter 5 in verse 14 He speaks of a light that is a public light, a light that the whole world can see. But in verse 15, he speaks of a light that is on inside the house. There's two kind of lights, a public light and an indoor light, a light that is shining inside the house. understand that a city will not be lit up if each house in each building don't turn their lights on. But when every home and every building Begins to turn their lights on That city will be seen for miles and miles and miles I'll never forget when I went to Israel I flew into Tel Aviv And we went over to the Sea of Galilee that first night And on the cities there It's a rugged terrain And it's, you're either in the valley or you're on the mountain And every city is built on a hill Every city is built on a hill for flooding, for weather, and also the enemies. They would build on a hill. And I'll never forget when I got there that first night, you could see those cities for miles and miles and miles. And when I seen those cities lit up, I got to thinking about what Jesus said. He said, I desire that you be like that city that is set on a hill. But may I tell you, that city's not shining. If the lights inside of each individual home is not on. And if the city is going to get brighter. All the homes are going to have to turn the lights on so the whole world can see may I tell you that when the church is shining at its best is when each and every individual member turns its light on for Jesus may I tell you our greatest influence is when we're working together when we're coming together and we're serving here for the purpose of giving him honor and glory may I tell you that's the most effective power that we have on this lost world is when we're together as that city that is set on a hill. May I tell you this world needs to see that light. And the brighter the light, the greater the witness. But the light's not going to be bright if we don't all turn our lights on. May I tell you this morning we don't need half of us with our lights on and shining and giving honor and glory to Jesus. We need to all shine. We need to all shine. We need to turn the lights on. There's some of us here today we hadn't turned the light on yet. There's some of us here today that's been saved but never fully dedicated ourselves to service for the Lord. May I tell you, it's time to turn the light on. It's time to shine bright for Jesus Christ. It's time to turn it on. It's time to let the world see. That devil's stout. He's strong. He's been in me since I woke up this morning. He's had a hold on me. And I'm sick of him. I'm sick of getting to the church house and feeling the devil in this place. Because we need our light shining. We need to enter this place seeing the glory of an almighty God that's staying. As she plays, if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, would you come and be saved?